0: What's up, witches? Take two. <laughs> oh, you know, we
1: are just stupid enough to have not put out a show before Mercury Wet Retrograde. And
0: we decided to do it smack dab in the middle of Mercury Retrograde, and this is what we get for that.
1: We're not smart enough to just wait until Mercury Retrograde is over. I'm even burning a little Mercury Retrograde candle, which evidently, not really doing its job.
0: Yeah, um... Yeah. <laughs> Not, much. Not, Not that hopefully. you all know Because when you're listening to this You don't know how many times it took for us To take, make this show yes. But still
1: This will be the last attempt
0: Yes, hopefully Q um. <laughs> <laughs> Skype ending um, Anyways okay. uh, Happy anniversary Which is
1: Yay, we made it a whole year We
0: have been doing this a whole year Velma. Does it feel like it to you? Yes and no. Why, yes, why no?
1: Well, because I think back and I think, yeah, we've been doing this a long time, but at the same time, it kind of doesn't feel like it. kind yeah, of weird it, like that.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. I mean, like I feel I have been doing my show for quite some time, and I'm sure you, I'm sure you feel you like like you've been doing your show for quite some time, but there's just this, this show has a different energy, a different feel for me, because I get to kind of be a different person on this show.
1: Well, and it's kind of like when you think back to high school, it doesn't feel like it was a million years ago, but it was.
0: So it's
1: kind of one of those things.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, forever ago. So, thank you, witches, for sticking around with us. And if this is the first show, well, welcome to, I guess, season two, whatever, year two. (laughs) Welcome to episode...
1: We don't have seasons.
0: Welcome to episode 15 of Inciting a Riot, Inciting a Brouhaha, Inciting something...
1: Really? You're going to screw that up.
0: Yeah. We... Yeah. Yeah. It's Mercury Retrograde. I get to have brain farts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Mercury Retrograde. That should tell you something.
1: That explains so much. You <laughs> do not even know.
0: Uh, I was also born a month late. I was supposed to be born a Pisces. I was actually born in Aries Taurus cusp. So that should really set some things straight for some that people. That also
1: explains a fair number of things.
0: You know, Velma. Velma?
1: Yes, yeah, I, I do.
0: Do you know, Velma? I do. Excellent. You know, we've actually gotten quite a number of emails on what we're going to be talking about today, and it's it's interesting because we don't normally get several different emails about the same kind of thing, except last, um, the last time I remember this happening was when we did our paganism show, and several people had kind of been emailing us about that, but for quite a few months now, we get an email every few weeks asking us about language, language and magic um there are
1: different issues within the topic, but all pertaining to the same topic,
0: yes, all pertaining to the same topic and uh so we thought <laughs> because we are the wisest and most magnanimous witches in Podland or at least on this show, um, we thought we would just <laughs> bequeath our language wisdom to you. And language, as you know, Velma, um, do you know Velma, is is something that I love. I, I've taken a lot of classes in it. I do a segment on my show regarding language and words. I love language. I'm a big fan of language. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the first things that uh, we're going to be talking about today is using a second language, If if... And what a second language is, is if you grew up uh, speaking English and if everybody in your family grew up speaking English and and everybody in your household spoke English, that is considered your first language. And just for somebody that doesn't know, if you learn, the next language that you learn is considered your second language. So you have your first and then you have your second. I think most people probably know that. I think so. But sometimes it's good to clarify Um, But, uh, no, so what is it like, what uh, are our opinions on using a second language in spellcraft, a second language in ritual? What do you think, Velma?
1: Well, I think there are a couple of things that you have to sort of get an understanding of before you start doing that. Um, And, for example, if you are bilingual and you want to use your second language in the context of ritual i think that's totally fine especially if it's a language like say you you know you worship roman deities and you want to speak italian or you know whatever i think that's very appropriate i also don't think it's inappropriate at all to learn some of the language of the deities that you typically work with mm-hmm. like if you work with celtic deities you know, why not learn, you know, a Celtic language that goes along, you know, learn Gaelic, goes along very well with that. I would be kind of hesitant to start talking to, say, Isis in Gaelic. I'm not quite sure that would work too well. Not sure I'd want to talk to, you know, Caradwen in Italian. But I think that there can be something said for that, but I do think that you should have more of an understanding of the language than just typing into Babelfish the words of your ritual and printing them out and saying, okay, well, this is my, you know, this is my fancy French version because after all, I want to work with some ancient French deity. You know, I think you should have a a better understanding of the language before you do that.
0: I would actually agree with that. As far as doing um, rituals in a second language, I think and and for me, I think of ritua- uh, ritual, you know, where I am communing or praying or praising or asking, you know, where I'm working with the divine, where I'm I'm you know not supplicating myself, but where I'm working with the divine, and spellcraft. I I segment those two things into different parts of my practice. Those are different things for me, and so I kind of feel differently about each one um, for different reasons. But to to do ritual in a uh in a in a second language. I agree with you in the sense that you need to be um doing this in if you can speak Gaelic, then speak Gaelic, but don't just speak Gaelic because you think that it sounds cool or or like you said you you did the, you know, the translation.com version of the prayer that you want to say. Now, I will say um because I can communicate in some other way. Um, (laughs) um, I I will say uh, I have done things like when I wanted to learn more about the Hindu God Ganesh, Uh, uh, Hinduism is a living religion. We can empirically know how people uh, worship Ganesh because people worship him just about in the same way today as they worshiped in 5000 years ago. I mean, it's it, it, it doesn't change too much. Um, and and there are, be, because there are uh, prayers that are associated with this deity and the deity has the uh, specific prayers that are are to be said at the beginning of his invocation and, and during uh, your ritual work with him. And then at the end, I mean, there, there are prayers to go along with with each of those parts of ritual. And, uh, what I did do was I, I, I do not speak the language of the elephant God, but what I did was I went and I found, um, English translations of that language, of, of those prayers. And I thought that that was about as good as I could do because, you know, I just, uh, there are some cultures, um, that, you know, uh, Spanish is actually uh, his, the Hispanic culture. Spanish is a language that um, I know whenever you try and speak Spanish and you, you if you do a bad job of it, more often than not, Hispanic folks are like, you know, hey, here's here's what I think you're trying to say or, you know, they will help you along. Some language, some some cultures are really upset if you can't speak the language. I'd...
1: Well, it's like, OK, it's like the line from My Fair Lady. The French don't care if, what you say as long as you pronounce it properly
0: was kind of, what I was about to say is, it I, I have heard, I do not have the experience because I have never been to France, but that um, the French do want you to pronounce their language correctly. Uh, so I don't know if, if the folks in India are like that, if they are very helpful with the language, if they are not, I, I don't know, I've not been to India.
1: Well, I think that also varies by the people that you run into.
0: True, because true. There
1: are some people in France who would help you with your language
0: but i thought that it was i I thought that it was a sign of respect um if i got the prayers and did them to the best of my ability and to the best of my ability for me means try and speak them in my language but use the the same words or at least the same ideas So, you know, uh, what I would say as far as for ritual, if you're trying to talk to a deity and you do want to get closer to them, you know, if there are prayers that are typically associated with that deity or if there is a kind of idea that is typically expressed to that deity, you might not be able to pronounce the language properly or, you know, passably, but possibly what you could do is find those prayers and translate them into the language that you are most comfortable with.
1: Well, but let's be honest, there are very few of the pantheons that modern pagans use that have that kind of thing. I mean, the Hindu deities are one of very few that actually fall into that category. But I think there's more to it than just you know, I mean, because anybody could you know, find somewhere online Hindu prayers being spoken and learn how to make those sounds. It, what is more important, in my opinion, is having... It's kind of like when you look at a sentence as it is written in English, right? And then you translate it into another language. And most of my foreign language experience is with French. The sentence is constructed sometimes in a completely different way. And sometimes, even though the English translation means X, when you actually speak it in the foreign language, it really kind of actually means Y. It's just that X is as close as the English language can get you. So I think it would be kind of like going to a Latin mass. And not understanding any Latin. Yes, you could still get something out of it, but you're not going to get as much out of it as you would if you really had an understanding of the language. And I think if you're going to pursue doing rituals or even spellcrafting, in my opinion, although that's to a lesser degree, I think you need to have a good grasp on the language that you're choosing to use. The argument could be made, well, you know, God is going to understand you whatever you say. Well, if in trying to pronounce a foreign language, what you actually say is my grandmother is a steam shovel, I don't think they're going to get the point. (laughs) It's true. I think that was one of the only things. My sister took Russian in high school, and I think that was the only thing that she actually successfully managed to say that that was pronounced properly but it wasn't what she was trying to say. You know, you have a real potential for getting what you want really screwed up when you're trying to do, you know, a foreign language especially if you're not familiar with it.
0: Well, and that's that's very true. And um there there and I have gotten some emails uh, about this on my show especially since I've kind of talked about misappropriation of deities a lot and um Well, there are a lot of people these days that are really getting very interested in um, Eastern deities and in Eastern religions and working with uh, some of the Buddhist deities or some of the just Taoist or Confucian, Eastern deities. And, um, uh, you know, Chinese, Japanese, a lot of those Asiatic languages are, are very, very difficult to learn the sounds are very different than, um, especially if you're an English speaker, the sounds are almost opposite. It's like looking at a negative uh, uh, of a photograph. It's it's kind of the opposite of how you would pronounce things in English and how you would uh, intonate things in English. And it's a very difficult thing. Um, and I would say, and I think this is a good place to uh, enter this argument, which I'm, I'm sure will become a... a very beaten up dead horse <laughs> very quickly in this episode, but um, the idea of distractions. If you trying to speak this second language is more of a distraction during ritual or your spellcraft than it is a help or it is enriching your experience, then don't do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't do it. Um, I oh. agree that, you know, if you want to look well, Italian wouldn't have actually been the language that, uh, the ancient Romans spoke because Italian is actually a fairly recent language invented by Dante Alighieri, um, for the divine comedy. But, uh, you know, Okay, so
1: off, get to your point.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, okay. If you wanted to learn, uh, you know, I don't remember what the language is in India, Indian. <laughs> if you wanted to learn that language to work with Ganesh, Um, then do it, you know, or, or at least learn those prayers, learn them enough to where you understand and it is not a roadblock in you speaking that prayer. You do not need to know the language fluently, but I agree that you can be working on that prayer and you can kind of record yourself and listen back, record yourself and listen back, you know, work with somebody that does know the language, that kind of thing, maybe even take classes on it at your local community college. Um, if you wanted to to get better, to more understand, you know, how to worship this deity, which I, I don't think is is too much to ask whenever you're trying to praise and worship the divine. Um, if you are really wanting to work with a a specific aspect of that divine or, you know, if you're a hard polytheist, if you want to work with a specific deity, then, um, you know, I don't think it's too much to ask to put out the effort to at least learn the prayers or learn the words that you want to say and learn them properly, Uh, because again, just to go back to it, if it's a roadblock, then what your mind is doing is not focusing on the task at hand and it's not focusing on getting centered and still and listening for that inner voice that, that's, uh, that speaks to you from the divine. It's trying to figure out, okay, now, am I supposed to now pronounce this with a rolled R or a hard R or a soft?
1: But at the same time, if you are Mexican, and spanish is your first language and you have a tie to caradwen that doesn't mean that you can't speak spanish when speaking to her i mean
0: i mean I totally it, think it, because it's because because again it's not a roadblock for you and the divine like you said understands you no matter what you're saying right right we're talking about ritual and the divine understands you no matter what you're saying and all of that what about spells what about you know, whipping the wand out and summoning up, a, you know, amas <laughs> I watched Practical Magic this afternoon.
1: And you feel very special about that?
0: No, I'm sure at least 180 million pagans around the world watched Practical Magic today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's entirely possible. Impossibly. Although I, I did not. It's um, been a while since I've seen that movie.
0: It's a good movie.
1: It's, it is a good I've seen it a, a time and time again. I practically could recite it for you sure
0: we could i get to i i get to be sandra bullock oh okay i i would
1: rather be nicole
0: kidman okay excellent i knew i liked you (laughs) (laughs) um but what about speaking another language and spells i mean other than the mental roadblock of trying to pronounce it correctly you know okay so we're in buffy and we're trying to help buffy and you go to the book and the book has the spell in Latin and you say the spell in Latin and it works the first time. Does real magic work that way? I mean, okay, other than the it works the first time thing, but does real magic work in the open up the book and read the, the words and it it's doing something?
1: Well, I think that sort of depends on the intent. I mean, you could you could argue that well no you have to have you know all the candles and you have to have all the stuff and you have to do everything but all of those things are props right it's all to get your mind focused so that you are putting the energy into it to go out and do you know whatever the energy needs to do so that the circumstances work out right correct
0: for me I just kinda of wonder what is the point of doing the spell in the second language I mean why i mean i get i get trying to you know if if you are native american or if you're trying to work with a native american deity i mean you're you're, but
1: tries it back to, to working with the deity again.
0: No, I'm, what I'm saying is, if I can understand it in the ritual aspect. I can understand, you know, if you're if you're working with a Native American deity, well, you're on American soil, and you can go to sites maybe sacred to that, or you can go to plants that are sacred to that, where they're growing. I mean, you live on the land where the deities are supposed to rule, and all of that kind of thing. You know, maybe speaking that language is not as important because you can do more of those things. Whereas, you know, if you're trying to worship Caridwin, well, you're not over there in the European Lands where Caradhrin was worshipped, and you maybe need to do more to feel like you are are uh, giving her her due diligence or her due and course. you but,
1: are there? I'm so totally jealous of you.
0: But, <laughs> um, well, maybe not right now. But um, no,
1: no, I'm, I'm, no, that Caradhrin is like Ireland. Well, yes, but and, you
0: know, um, but but as far as spellcraft, I, I don't, I mean. I don't get the, I mean, other than I kind of want to look like I'm on TV and do my spells in Latin and, you know, be cool super witch.
1: Okay, I well, know. I don't remember, there was some, and maybe you'll you'll remember it, there was some movie or some TV show that, that mentioned something about why is it that words in their purest form were considered, oh, you would not know the movie because it's a horrible, cheesy movie that you never would have seen and nobody has ever seen. Um, unless they've seen Mystery Science Theater 3000, because it was one they made fun of. But anyway, somebody said something uh, in a movie about why is it that words in their purest form were considered to be magical, referring to spells being written in Latin, because spells are always written in Latin, right? Because that's, you know, the, the genesis of romance languages was Latin, right? So why is it that when you take words down to their, quote unquote, purest form, would they be inherently magical? And as far as Latin goes, I can kind of see that. I mean, I'm can. i I'm not sure I buy it completely, but I can kind of see the idea that you've stripped the word down to its purest form, right? It's not Italian, it's not French, it's not Spanish, it's not English, it is where all those things came from. So I can kind of see that, but when it comes to just doing spells in, say, Russian, because it was written in Russian, I don't know. I, it would kind of depend on the spell. I would be a lot more comfortable myself getting it translated or coming up with my own words to you know invoke whatever sentiment it was the spell was for than I would be reciting something in a foreign language that I may or may not fully understand. I mean, especially when you're talking about magic, I think it's good to have a complete understanding of what it is that is coming out of your mouth.
0: I can say that to that point now I don't I don't know that I've seen that movie, but I do know what you're talking about in the stripping um, spells down to their most ba- or stripping words down to their most basic form. I have seen that on movies and TV shows and stuff. that's, that's a fairly common theme in, in you know magical shows. Um, but as somebody that you know the amateur philologist that I am that enjoys studying root words, you know and sees how words evolve, I can totally get behind somebody wanting to go back and say, okay, well, what is a different word for cloud? Because even the word cloud these days doesn't always mean the white fluffy thing up in the sky that brings us rain. Um, You know, now it's a digital term and and there's a cloud of information or there's a cloud of data or there's a cloud of storage space or,
1: you you know,
0: know, somebody has a cloud of negativity around them or, you know. Something like that. And so, you know, it's like going back and, you know, for example, because I happen to know a lot of these words just right off the top of my head, um, if you're doing a love spell... Well, what kind of love spell are you doing? And you could go back, and you can possibly use, and and these are Greek words, but um, these are considered more of the the truer words of love. You know, are you doing agape love? Are you doing that unconditional love that is said to be the uh, only the kind of love that that the divine can give? So, are you doing something that has an unconditional, eternalness uh, to it, an infiniteness? Um, to it? Are you doing something that's just a friendship kind of love? Are you doing something that's this kind of love or that kind of love? And using those words, there's like seven or eight of them. Um, And, you know, I can understand in that context saying, okay, I am doing a, a this kind of love um, spell. And it is exactly for this kind of love because I can see how, it might take away some of that be careful what it is you say taboo in magic because there's a lot of you know i uh, oh classic example that i i read in like a 17 magazine a million years ago when they did one of their hey it's halloween let's interview a witch Mm -hmm. uh spells and it was they were interviewing some teenage witch and and she said uh Uh, You know, well, I did this spell to get closer to a boy in class. And then that next week, the teacher moved his, you know, the teacher rearranged the classroom and he was now sitting next to me, which, you know, and then she went back and she said, well, what I actually said in my spell was I want to be closer to him. And maybe, and, and I realize that this is kind of a, a fluffy example, but, you know, maybe it would take out some of that, well, maybe I need to be really careful about what I say and really stressing about the words that I'm using and trying to see every avenue about how this could be taken by whatever magical force executes the spell for us. Um and and maybe, you know, if you're that kind of person that wants to be very literal about it, I can understand going back to the root of a word. Where did that word originate and what are you really trying to say?
1: Well, and that leads to an interesting question, how important are the the actual words? Because I mean, there's a lot of of focus and I mean, I myself do it. I I concentrate more on the intent. And yes, I want the words to be appropriate, but I don't. I don't think the universe is always completely literal.
0: Don't either. Um, <laughs> but some people are, and if you are one of those kinds of people, then I think that it might help you to, you know, open up Webster's or go to uh, m-w.com, and you can look up the word. That, that you're wanting to use and it will give you the origin of that word. And you can go back and look up those words and Eddie online, E T Y um, is a great online source for quick and dirty, uh, etymology. And there's all sorts of, of, uh, good books out there. Um, the, uh, the YouTube sensation, uh, hot for words, Marina Orlova has kind of, um, it, it it kind of has made, you know, learning words and learning definitions uh, fun uh, for a lot of people, or at least it has, uh, you know, kind of opened the eyes of a lot of this this generation to, you know, going and looking up words in the dictionary and, and using uh, different jargon and vernacular than it's just what is regularly used. But if you are somebody that believes that the universe is very literal, or if you are somebody that puts a great amount of importance on the words that you're using in your spell and you want to make sure that you are getting exactly what you mean down on paper, then I completely recommend going back to some of those root words. Um, Of course, then you kind of get into the problem of, well, maybe the root word is Greek for love, but you're also wanting to, I don't know, use, you're doing a candle spell, and so you're saying, when I ignite this flame, well, the root word for the word fire is Latin. So you're mixing Latin and Greek, and then you get into that whole debacle, but that's a whole different can of worms.
1: (laughs) Well, that's why I typically think that it's a lot easier to just do things in your own language and not worry about it. Um, But I I don't want to give the impression that I'm, I'm not... Supportive when people you know want to be literal. I think that that can be a good thing I think it depends on the situation. I think it depends on what the spell is for and uh, You know, I mean there magic is a very complex subject And I think there's a lot of different ways to look at things depending on the circumstances But I do like the idea of, of getting back to The root of the word. I think that's an, it's an interesting way to look at it Especially if you don't want to try to become you know almost fluent in Portuguese or something, and you, you know, you want to be able to... Because, I mean, aesthetically, it does make it, at least to me, it does make it feel a little bit witchier. I mean, it just does. I'm sorry. When you're speaking in some foreign language, it just, it feels different.
0: How witchy of an idea is it to light your 20 candles and to get dressed in your robe and to pick up your ceremonial wand and speak two and a half pages full of Latin verse. I mean, it's it's a very witchy kind of iconic image. You know, it's a very witchy idea to sit there and, and speak a whole spell in Latin. Personally, um, the best I've ever done is there have been times when I have spoken things in Spanish because I, I, I'm not quite fluent. I wouldn't say it's a second language for me, but I know a hell of a lot more Spanish than a lot of people that I know. So, um, you know, I... I I I accidentally minored in it in college. <laughs> it was one of those things. Oh, I minored in this thing, um, but
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, there are words in Spanish that don't really translate into English completely accurately. Like you can get the gist of it, but it's not really the same thing.
0: That's really true. There, there are there are a lot of times whenever, and and it is for a lot of the times, emotions and descriptive words, you know, you might find a word that means sad, but it's not sad in the way we think of sad. It's, it's more of a a lamentation an empathy kind of thing, you know, but, but, you know, if you were to translate it out, the, the Spanish to English dictionary says, oh, this word means sad, but that's also the problem that you get whenever you, even trying to speak English, you know, basically because English, you know, a fork can mean seven different things, um, but you know when you go to the thesaurus and a lot of people do this, you know, and you're like, okay, well, my teacher said that, you know, especially in college, you get this a lot. You know, I have to write a 500 word essay, but any word underneath four characters doesn't count. So I'm trying to go to the thesaurus and find as many five letter or more words. Well, the problem is. If you go and and you know you open up the thesaurus to the word small, you actually get things like bourgeois, which does not necessarily mean small. You don't uh, you know if you uh, open up and and you, you you're looking at the word size. Well, capacity means size, and grandiose is also a synonym for the word size and there's all these words but capacity and grandiose are not synonyms they do not mean the same thing grandiose is, is a a large over-the-top idea and and capacity is how much space a thing takes up capacity is more synonymous with volume but all of those are synonymous with the word size at least according to the dictionary so you know it it, it kind of becomes this very weird thing where you know of course it can really all go back to my argument about the tables of correspondence. Whenever you don't really understand what it is that you're saying, or whenever you really don't understand the herb or stone that you're working with, you're just opening up to the back of the book to get a quick, quick something. Mm-hmm. That's when you run into trouble. You know, if you're just picking out the herb because that's what the book says works, if you're just picking out the word because, well, that's what the book says it's synonymous with, but then you don't even bother to go to the dictionary to see what that word then means. So.
1: Yeah, I will say, I do not think. You should use words in ritual or in spells that you do not understand if you do not completely know what that word means don't use it
0: completely agree Uh, and and of course I would say this to people that speak whatever language they speak don't use words if you don't know what they mean
1: Especially um,
0: (laughs) or or they're not pertinent to the context in which you're saying them. I, okay. I would like to vent. There is this show. um, It's a very intellectual show. It's uh, you know, it's for high thinking people. It's called. So you think you can dance. Um, And there's a judge on there. He's this hip hop guy. And again, he's obviously an academic. He goes by the name Lil C Lil C likes to use very large words. And that's pretty much all that comes out of his mouth are 12-letter words or more. Unfortunately, I don't think he knows what any of those 12-letter words mean because he doesn't really ever use them properly. And I just get so sad and it makes me mad. And I have this, like, shotgun lineup of pillows that I use to throw at my TV. And I, I don't throw anything harder because I love my TV and I don't want it to die. But... I throw things at the TV whenever he's speaking. Um, Or sometimes I mute and go do something else. But so, no, don't use words that you don't know or are not comfortable with in any language, even if it's your own. Yes. But speaking of not using words at all.
1: Which we weren't, but we were getting there.
0: (laughs) We need a segue. I was
1: working on one, and it was brilliant and witty, but...
0: Just blew it, so go ahead. Oh, well, give your witty segment. No, it's
1: okay. It's okay. Let's move on. The the moment is ruined. It's okay. Let's just move on.
0: Speaking of not using words at all, we've also gotten questions about when not to use words or, you know, silent spells, thinking spells, and not saying things out loud. And you and I have very differing opinions on this. Um, or at least and again, I would like to to separate these out in What do you think about silent ritual, and what do you think about silent spells?
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: (laughs) Usually, I ask the question. You answer, then I answer. Okay. um, Well,
1: I'm switching things up.
0: Oh, sweet mother. Okay. Well, as far as, well, really, either of them. um, I think that. It is a more effective thing for most people to speak their spells and speak their rituals um, simply because uh, the you you can obviously commune with the divine and speak to the divine air quotes here speak to the divine uh, with just your thoughts because you know I think thinking at the divine possibly they they understand what you're thinking. supposedly they know all. But um I, I think that most people maybe can't focus on it or don't focus enough on getting that internal quiet uh that is required to to focus and to really focus on the language, the words that you're using. For a lot of people, you need at least some kind of repetition, you need that mantra, that chant, you need to be able to intone something to get to that center and that still point uh, of of focus, either for communing with the divine or focusing your energy into a specific intent. Um, I, I, there are obvious exceptions. I mean, you know, Buddhist monks, monks all really around the world, do a lot of their communing with the divine in silence. But they have decades, they have a whole lifetime of experience doing that. And they have have years and years and years of practice, daily practice, where all they do all day long is practice being silent and communing with the divine. And most of us, most of us do not have that kind of time to truly devote to getting that kind of stillness and that kind of focus.
1: Well, I think that it's important to have a sufficient level of focus. I think I, I'm not sure I agree with you in in the sense that you have to devote years of practice to it to be able to do it. I think it kind of changes on a moment to-moment basis. I mean, there are some times when it's very very easy for me to sit down and have a very, very clear mind it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen, you know, where you can just, I mean, you're just in that mindset, you can just sit down, and you are focused, your mind is calm, and it's, everything is very clear. But I will agree with you that I think it's very difficult most of the time for most people. Um, And I think that having words to say is a good way for people who generally, we don't have to have a mental capacity to be able to solely focus on one thing. And as technology develops, multitasking is something that most people do almost all the time when they're awake. And I think that that does sort of diminish our ability to get into that very calm centered mindset where we can completely focus on one thing, excuse me. But I do also think that language is very important. Because not only is it a way of focusing, but it's also a way of expelling that energy. Um, Because when you speak, you create sound, air comes out of your mouth, you are letting all of that energy and that intent, by vocalizing it, you're getting it out of your system into the universe. And I think that that's a valuable thing. Not to say that you can't do it mentally, but I do think it's it's very difficult. And I think having language of some kind as part of a ritual or as part of a spell simply aids in in the process of releasing the energy. Now, when it comes to communicating with the divine, just like in like just to take an example, like in prayer. I don't know that it's necessarily required to speak those words, but I do think that you're right in saying that it, you need a sort of sense of calm and the ability to be focused on what you're doing. But I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that you have to pray out loud.
0: I agree and I disagree. Um, because, and again, I think that what I, I think that I would like to qualify most of my statements, m- most of these statements or all of these statements by saying, I am speaking to the majority of people, those people that are not the practice monks or are not the practiced silent, you know, uh, priests or, or monks or, or whatever, you know, those those practice, uh, the silent practitioners of, of divine uh, meditation. Um, I'm speaking to most people, and if you're listening to a podcast, obvi- you know, a lot of these people do this on on a commute, and, you know, we're very busy people. So I, I I am speaking to those people specifically, and when I say that we have a lot of fleeting thoughts, we have a lot of of thoughts that come in and out, you know, and how many times have you thought, you know, oh God, I wish that person would die, or oh God, you know... I, I I hate myself or God, blah, 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 you know, any of those things. And, you know, you have that thought of, oh, God, or I wish God would smite somebody. Or, you know, you have those kinds of thoughts. People have those thoughts. They come in and out. Sometimes people dwell on them. Sometimes they just, you know, come in and out very quickly. But people do have those thoughts. And I just wonder if we say that you know, that telepathic communication, that internal monologue that we have, if that is the, our direct connection to the divine, then isn't that... I, I don't know. I mean, do do d- does the divine hear every single thing and does it act on everything that we think? Or is it, you know, we have to say, okay, I am now sitting and I am now communicating with the divine. All of those other thoughts are not me communicating with the divine. This is me communicating with the divine. And I... I don't know. It's it's a little bit difficult for me to, to separate the two. That's So I, I tend to give a little bit more credence with words um, in communicating with the divine, spoken words, because it takes more effort for you. And it's not too much more effort, but it does take more effort for your body to f- take that thought and to form it into the word that you want to say to the divine. And something about speaking that, speaking what it is that you want to say to the, to the divine, something about speaking it, at least to me, makes it a little bit more real. It, it grounds it in reality. It puts it out here into this this plane, into this world, instead of it just staying in your head. And I like that. I like that, you know, speaking that that idea, speaking that prayer, speaking that request, speaking that praise... Something about it makes it a little bit more real. And I can understand situations um, uh, uh, diverging into spellcraft for just a second. I can understand situations where you you might be at work and you want to think angry thoughts at somebody or, (laughs) or, you know, you, you're doing your little prosperity spell in the middle of your retail job thinking, I need to make money, you know, or, or whatever it is, you know, I can understand there's possibly situations where you might want to try and do spellcraft silently.
1: But again, that's interesting because that is not a circumstance that I would recommend doing it.
0: uh, Well, and, and, I can understand it, I don't agree with it, and I think that in both situations I think that it gives a sense of importance and a sense of reality to the thought um and it because I just wonder if everything because you know there's that phrase a witch's thoughts have power <laughs> I think a lot of things I don't want to be real. <laughs> I think most and and I think a lot of things that I want to be real and neither of them really ever happen.
1: Well, I don't, I don't know to me if I am talking to the divine and this may sound cheesy, but I always start it the same, the same way. Like just to take a generic example, you might say, Oh, blessed goddess, or I don't know, sacred off or something it's it's like when you write a letter and you put you know dear firelight there's there's something that starts it as an official this is me communicating with you it's not just every single thing that floats through your head you know that is communicating with the divine so to me i don't know since i do that maybe it's a little bit easier for me to separate the two When it comes to spellcraft, I don't think that it should all be in your mind most of the time. Um, But the reason that I say that is because spellcraft to me requires a great deal more focus on a specific thing than communicating with the divine. Because, I don't know, to me it's kind of like, you know... Dear Goddess, thank you for all of the things that you've brought into my life. Thank you for, you know, the the bounty on my table and, you know, my back hurts. So if you could help clear that up, that would be fantastic. Hey, thanks. Bye. I love you. And it is a focused intent, but it's not, you're not trying to channel a significant amount of energy to a specific thing for a specific result. I don't know, to me it's very different. I I just I, I would not recommend spellcasting, especially not when you're starting out, being all in your mind. I think that having the added focus of thinking about what you're saying and putting emphasis in different places, you know, the way that you pronounce words, where you put the emphasis in the sentence whether it rhymes or not. These are all things that can be very beneficial to getting that energy directed in a very specific location as opposed to talking to a deity in a general sense.
0: There are times when you would do... So, okay, so you are for one and not for the other. I just want to... Because I am... My point was... I don't really, I, I like spoken rituals and spoken spells. You like silent rituals and spoken spells?
1: Oh, no, sorry. I was, we were also talking about prayer.
0: Well, yes, I mean, silent. so silent prayer and spoken spells.
1: I, I don't know that all prayer needs to be silent, but I think that silent prayer is a lot easier to create and to, and to work with. And I think that, that that, at least for me, that's a lot easier for me to do than it is for me to try to keep my mind completely focused without having language to help with that process.
0: So both of us seem to uh, err on the side of spoken spellcraft. What are some situations that we think would merit um, silent spellcraft? Just for the person that is going to do it, how would they go about doing that and doing it effectively? Or what is the situation practice. where silent spells? Because I, and I, there, there are a lot of books that I know you've recommended on your show that speak, you know, about raising that energy and directing, directing it silently and the mindset and doing, doing spells just in the mind and that kind of thing. Isn't this kind of one of those situations where you are doing that silent energy work or whatever?
1: It is. I think it's a very good skill to acquire, but. It's, it's difficult it's it uh, to me anyway it's more difficult to do that kind of thing silently um, I am much more likely to sort of mutter something under my breath than I am to do something completely in my in my mind um, I mean there have been times you know like as you're walking down the hall at work to your job interview that you might be you know going over a little mantra in your mind over and over and over again and I guess that could be considered a form of, of word magic of, of spellcraft just using words but I think I think the situation and this is probably because I live by myself I'm not at risk of other people overhearing me and having a big issue with it I am much more comfortable in toning what it is that I'm that I'm trying to do when it comes to spellcraft and ritual um I typically do speak prayers I mean i there's no reason really that I have that I need to stay silent. But there are also times when I just sh- sort of shut up and I'm having a very focused moment and I talk to my deities in my head. And it kind of depends.
0: I actually have this loophole <laughs> because for me, Spellcraft, it, I did this this show on... Um, color correspondence, sort of, the, the difference between using white candles and black candles. And what I had said there was that, um, you know, possibly we need to rethink our ideas of using black candles because black I- absorbs the energy of, of colors and white reflects that. And it's it's gotten me to think about spellcraft in general and using that energy and whatever that energy is that we are raising and, and focusing and sending off. and. I've, I've kind of started to think about it in that your spell needs to be in the world that you're wanting to affect. If you're wanting to affect your inner self, if you're wanting to change your emotions or something, I don't know that I have a problem with you doing some internal mantra. If you're trying to make yourself change a smoking habit or a something like that I don't know that I have a problem with your mantra your spell your daily affirmation your whatever it is your power thought being a power thought and being in your head because your head is the part that needs to be changed you know the idea the addiction that you have so you know I, I think that that is a very pertinent thing. But I think that if you're wanting to affect the outside world, then that's where you need to be sending that energy. You need to be getting it out of your body, which is, again, why I'm I'm more an advocate for spoken spells. But I do recognize that there are times when it is not quite possible to speak your spells. Um, you might be at work, and you might be currently working with someone that is driving you up the wall, and you are about to beat them over the head... With, oh, I don't know, let's say an 80-pound piece of filled luggage, just hypothetically speaking.
1: Just a random example.
0: Random example. You might want to beat your boss over the head with the nearest blunt object. And there might be times when, yes, you can be doing that internal calm me down, calm me down, calm me down mantra, but you may also want to affect that other person, You know, calm you down or change your behavior. And I can respect and understand that there are some times when you might not be able to verbally speak those spells, but I do still think you need to get it out of you. So one of my loopholes has been, and some of my earliest spells were drawing things or writing things down. And that's different from writing it down to record it in your book of shadows because you are intending it to be different. You're not just writing it down to record it. You're writing it down to get it out of your body and get it into this physical world and writing down that spell And possibly, you know, carrying that with you around your place of business, your residence, your wherever, and using that as your spell, using it possibly as a talisman to create this change in this physical world, getting it out of your body. Um, And if you can't run off to the bathroom, or if you can't go into a corner and speak something silently, or else you'll look like a nut, I... Have found it quite effective in my personal practice to grab a piece of notebook paper, you know, go grab a little pad of paper, find a post it note, and write down your intent or write down your spell. It doesn't have to rhyme in that moment. In fact, it's probably better if you're not trying to sit there and consciously think, okay, I want to do a spell and blah 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 blah. if your intent or your in, uh, if your need right then, write down your need, if your need right then is to get away from a person or if your need right then is to you know do something if it is essential right then, write down that need. you know, distance from X or uh, you know, more business for self or whatever. Um, you know, if, if write down that intention and write down that need immediately and get it out of your body and, and let that magic take effect in this physical plane.
1: But I do also think, I mean, when you were talking about having a mantra or, you know, something like that, having an affirmation or something, I don't know. I think that it's, I, I think the moments of mental clarity that we experience. Are few and far between and for something like that even if it's something that you're working on internally being able to stay focused on a single thought for 10 seconds is damn hard it's really really hard to be completely and totally focused on a mantra or an affirmation sometimes even long enough to finish the sentence because our minds go so fast i mean you know in in the space of a second you can think of every animal that you saw over the weekend at the zoo they all sort of flash through your mind really really fast and it's very difficult to stay focused now i'm not saying that that focus isn't something that you should strive for and that you should work on and that that would be a really good skill to have Because, I mean, that's part of the point of meditation is being able to clear your mind or stay focused on one thought for an extended period of time. But I think for a lot of people, it's very difficult. And having an affirmation that you can't think all the way through without thinking 20 other things at the same time is not going to be as effective as focusing on it and clearly stating it. Because while you are speaking, you are also focusing on the words that you are saying. And that's not to say that you are always completely focused every time you speak, but I think it's a lot easier to stay focused if you are speaking the words that you're thinking. I don't know. To me, it's just... That just makes more sense to me.
0: Um, There is another kind of idea or caveat to the writing down the spell and getting it out of you. Um, This is where learning symbols, um, or runes, or, you know, some other easily drawn uh, thing comes in very handy. And you can, uh, you know, if you are, again, wanting somebody to leave you alone, say, and, and, you know, I'm just, I think of something that you would urgently need to do spell work for, you know, you are wanting somebody to leave you alone, uh, you know, write down the ice rune, and just, it's just, it's just a capital I without the, you know, it's just a, or a lowercase l, it's just a straight line, just sit there and do that over and over and over again, while focusing on, you know, freeze this person or, you know, make this person stop or, you know, a, a write down the horse rune to make them move away from you just over and over and over be doing that. Uh, create your own personal symbols, something that's very simple, very easy to draw, very easy and quick to do, and just be sitting there doing that over and over and over again. Uh, you know, just kind of going over the same outline, going over that and doing your intent. But something else I also thought about is there are times um, and there are individuals who have to always be silent. And there are people, and and I'm, I'm Uh, I just recently did a a show on disabilities and so I have been kind of thinking about people that cannot do spells or rituals or magic in the same way that most other people can, Um, you know, people that are mute, people that are unable to speak, uh, people that are deaf or that kind of thing that learn sign language. Sign language is their way of getting it out into the world, of getting language communicated. Well, obviously, that language is getting communicated, but no sounds are being made. And if you don't want to draw something, or you can't sit there and find a piece of paper, or it's a little weird for you to be sitting there sketching skulls and crossbones all over somebody because the person at your register is yelling at you and you'd like them to die, um, you know, you can be sitting there and learning hand symbols. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of them, um, one of the easiest... Uh, ones that a lot of people know are the various symbols for deflecting the evil eye, you know, the horns facing down and, you know, a lot of those quick and simple symbols that you could be doing. You could be doing those in your pocket, you know, putting your hand in your pocket and doing those and getting that energy out of you. But directed, it it is language. It is language that millions of people around the world use on a daily basis. It is language. It It is just as good as a verbal spoken word. Just make sure that you are comfortable with the symbol, just like using Words that you don't necessarily know. Make sure that you're comfortable with the symbol and understand what it means. Uh, but I think that's a perfectly acceptable way of of using a language, but maybe not necessarily sitting there speaking things or muttering things under your breath or something like that. So we should all go out learn sign language. <laughs> if nothing else, you you should learn the alphabet because you never know when that's going to come in handy. That that comes in handy a lot.
1: That. Yes, I have a story about that, but we're not going to get into that. More
0: often than you might think. So Velma, I think it's time to tell the witches what we think of rhyming spells.
1: Yeah, we've danced around it.
0: Yes, and if you notice, I just rhymed badly.
1: I I, did enjoy that. That I didn't notice. (laughs) Pretty bad.
0: Oh, so very,
1: very differing opinions on this.
0: Oh, I don't know. I think we might have the same opinion. I don't know. We've never really talked about this.
1: I have a feeling we're going to have very different opinions
0: about this. Okay. Well, in your opinion, should, or, well, maybe not should, do your, most of your spells rhyme? Yes. Why?
1: Um, I don't know. I read too much Dr. Seuss as a child. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I, I like it. I, I studied music. For years and years and years and years all the way through like from five until like 21 and I am very comfortable with the rhythm of speech and having a consistent rhythm throughout things to me it helps to build energy um, it helps you to in my opinion to stay focused Um, It, in my opinion, does make things a little bit easier to remember. Um, So I totally prefer to have spells rhyme. Now, ritual is kind of a different thing. I like my circle casts to rhyme, but, like, for example, if you're doing a, a ritual for a sabbat, I like the circle casting to rhyme, you know, the calling of the quarters. And I generally like the deity invocation to rhyme, although not always. But then there's usually other things in the body of the ritual, like you know a statement of what the what the holiday is about, and you know maybe some kind of invocation or some you know drawing down the moon during an espet or something like that. And I don't necessarily think that that has to rhyme, because that's more just about I don't know. To me, that's more sort of the beauty of free-form speech. I mean, I, I don't think if you are actually, you know, channeling the divine, that the divine speaks like Dr. Seuss. But I do, I, I like the the rhythm. How,
0: but really, how great would it be?
1: How awesome would that be? How
0: great would it be if when we die and we get to the Summerland... God spoke like Doctor Seuss. That
1: would be so awesome. How I'm,
0: much fun! I I'm mean, so really happy
1: about that. That would just that would rock my world. <laughs> uh, but no, I I think I, I don't know that it's a necessity a necessity for everybody. But for me, I I prefer it. I prefer to have things rhyme. Iambic pentameter is my friend.
0: And to be fair, in iambic pentameter, in, in iambic pentameter, not all the phrases rhyme. Uh, and if you're talking about Chaucer, they rhyme. If you're talking about Shakespeare, they don't. Um, but uh, the, the pentameters... I'm
1: not to have this discussion with you.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyways, no, the... Uh, I... I'm sorry, Sophia Catherine. I'm sorry. I'm going to admit. Most spells in my Book of Shadows rhyme. And the reason I'm kind of ashamed to admit that is because I have gotten emails, and and the reason I apologize to Sophia Catherine is because uh, she actually sent me an email saying, please do a book of spells because I'm really tired of reading rhyming spells. I think they all sound silly. Most of mine rhyme. I have a lot that don't, but most of them do. Um, And that's for a number of reasons. Uh, One, they started off rhyming because the spells in the book rhymed. That's just, that's just really how it was. The spells in the book rhymed and the spells on TV rhymed, so I kind of thought, you know, when I was, oh god, 13 or 14 years old and writing down the little spells in my little book of shadows, I thought, well, I guess spells need to rhyme, and then as I got older, it became very easy to remember them. Very, very, very easy to remember, and there, my spells are not very long. I do not have spells that go for pages and pages and pages.
1: I have to, I have to ask. Do you do Dorothy Mor- Morrison's parking space spell?
0: Oh no, no, I, I, I have another one that I got out of a Llewellyn magical almanac, but um,
1: because <laughs> uh, I have to admit, like. If you have read Everyday Magic, like, that is probably the one spell. If you remember any spell from that book, that's probably the one you remember. And I think I actually have bastardized it slightly because I don't think the way that I say it is exactly the way that, it's, that it is in the book. But I'm just telling you, that bitch works. I'm no, telling I, you.
0: No, I have, like, a 2007 Llewellyn Almanac or something like that, and I got a uh, goddess Asphalta Farrah Face, find me now a parking space. Yeah. That did not work.
1: Basically the same. Well see, Dorothy Morrison's does.
0: Oh, what's hers?
1: Um, I always say, Gracious goddess, lift your face, find for me a parking space.
0: Oh, that would be better because I've never heard of the goddess Asphalta, which is I, probably why it doesn't work for me.
1: I don't think there is a goddess Aspalta. Maybe I'm just she's up in a here. She
0: might be up in the same pantheon as the goddess Caffina.
1: I I think they're related. Yes. Uh, I,
0: possibly cousins.
1: Yes, I, I think <laughs> they are related.
0: But uh, but honestly, and 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 honestly, that is why I have continued to this day making most of my spells rhyme because I, I, I think maybe my longest spells are six to eight lines, um, and they rhyme. Now my poetry doesn't rhyme because I, I my poetry is very different from spellcraft for me. It's a it's a completely different form of communication for me. Um, it's a form of expression while while. Uh, spellcraft for me is is not just a form of you know oh i'm feeling something i need to get it out of me it's i need something to happen so this is what i do to get that done uh you know it's a way to focus intent there is something about a a the the rhyming uh flow the the flow of a of a rhyming poem and when certain syllables mesh together and it just starts flowing you know those simple spells that you can just sit there and run over your mouth and over your tongue and 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 let those things roll through and speak to them slowly, and they get faster and faster and faster, and it becomes that mantra to where you're no longer... Re- it's like those, um, those flip books where you start flipping a couple of pages and you see a little stick figure, and then he grabs a hammer, and then he... St- but when you fl- start going and doing it faster and faster and faster, you start seeing the image and things take shape, and you don't even notice the pages moving anymore. And I- after a while of speaking that spell and speaking that that flowing rhythm, you don't even really notice the words anymore. You are simply focusing on the intent. And again, it's a way for me to get past the stumbling block of language, which is, is a way I think that you need to get your intent out into this physical world um, because there's really no other physical... Uh, there's, there's really very few ways that we... Uh, you know, possibly without molding clay, uh, have to get our what's in our head out into the physical world other than, you know, making effigies of something or speaking the words that we're thinking of or something like that. So getting past the speed bump of language in and of itself, of having to have a medium to get your thoughts into this world, it gets you past that to where you're still able to focus on that intent and let that energy flow out of you. uh, Which I think is where you get into a very powerful space magically where that true magic can happen. Um, But I,
1: I think that, I mean, fundamentally what you're talking about there is rhythm is basic rhythm. I mean, when you, when you think back to, and this may be a cheesy example, but when you think back to cultures that are, more primitive than we are in 21st century America. You know, when you think about aboriginal tribes and you think about tribes in Africa and you think about people who even today are living a lot more like we would have been living thousands of years ago, one of the things that comes to mind immediately is drumming and dance and rhythm and the feeling, the sense that that invokes and the you know that you know the, some of these tribal dances. They'll start out slowly, and they'll be moving slowly, and then it'll get faster, and it'll get faster, and it'll get faster. And I mean, to me, that's a perfect example of raising energy. I mean, regardless of of what the intent of the dancers and the drummers are, it's it's a perfect example of how you take something that is very simplistic, such as sound, and use that to create Energy out of nothing. I mean it just and and what is fundamental to that is the rhythm and when you have Lines of a spell that rhyme They they create rhythm by themselves. You don't have to do anything all you have to do is speak the words and there is rhythm there and It it just I don't know to me It just seems natural that I mean even even taking the whole it's easier to remember things out of the picture I still would prefer to do spellcraft especially in a way that is automatically, just by speaking these words, going to start the process of generating energy.
0: I think that that comes from, you know, writing your own spells, writing your Book of Shadows, because when you have written your own spell, you have already given it some kind of energy. You have given those that exact turn of phrase those exact placement of that that exact placement of the words you've given that order of words to you a power Mm -hmm. and to you that means that when i say this word with this word with this word with this word and i rhyme it with this next line and i do this i have mentally and maybe that's part of the psychology of magic is that when i have turned to this page in my book of shadows and i begin reading these words my mind is already Summoning up whatever energy it is, energy Q, and getting that ready to be sent out. I mean, and and possibly I think that, and and that's one of the very important things. I think that that you need to be writing your own spells. You need to be, uh, if nothing else, personalizing the spells that you find in the book. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I've ever really done a spell from a book that worked for me. I mean just exactly how it was written in the, with the exact directions with the exact words and everything. I don't know that I've ever really done one of those that worked but when I changed it for myself it did. Um, well
1: I, and there are times too when I will find a spell and I, and I don't want to pick on Dorothy Morrison because I love her and I seem to be talking about her an awful lot but she writes very elaborate poetry which I like in a lot of circumstances, but there are times when her words don't rhyme for me. Like the last line, the last word of each line rhymes with itself, but the rhythm is screwed up. And I don't know if that's because I, the way that I speak those words, the rhythm doesn't line up, or I'm just not putting inflection in the right place, but frequently I will go through and I will speak a spell out loud And I'll just scratch out words and change phrases, and and I I will, because if I want it to rhyme, it has to rhyme for me. And it's not just a case of, well, you know, I don't want to use basil, so I'm going to use, you know, bay leaves. That's completely different. This is, is, you know, another alteration like that. But it is also something that you want to be taking into account when you are doing a spell out of a book. I mean, read through it out loud before you do it. See if it's generating the kind of energy when you speak that other person's words. And if it's not, change the words.
0: There is um, where I would like to say sometimes, and and this is not Harry Potter of me, I promise, but sometimes spells don't need to be longer than a word or two. Uh, I, I mean... You know, there are words in every language that are very powerful words. And off the top of your head, you know, most of these, most uh, people immediately think of words, you know, like racial slurs or something like that, that are very powerful words. And, you know, you can say one word and it affects everybody in the room. There's a power in that word. Now it's a power because of context and culture and a lot of things, but it is a very powerful word. And when you say that word, not much else needs to be said. People know what you're talking about. People know your intent typically, or they assume your intent, you know, but there are other words, or there are words that mean a lot of things to you specifically, you know, for some people, you know, Oh, God, I don't know. The word bread might be very, very powerful. It might conjure up a specific feeling of specific energy. Um, you know, Buffy. Uh, one very wonderful episode in which Willow and her uh, not dead at the gr- at the time girlfriend Tara. By the way, spoiler alert, spoiler alert: Tara dies. <laughs> um. Thanks, because you've just ruined
1: e- any reason that I would ever have to watch Buffy. <laughs>
0: You have no idea who she is, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, uh, no, they're doing this really awesome spell. <laughs> love it. I love the flow of it. It's just such a great spell. But then all of a sudden, Willow gets very silent. And, she, you know, she does the whole I'm being taken over by the super powerful energies of the universe thing. And she just says the word solid. And it does the whole spell for her. It just does it. It's done. The The, you know, creepy little ghost thing all of a sudden becomes solid and Buffy can kick its ass. But... It's a great example of stopping and focusing and getting that intent ready, getting all of that energy focused in you, and then using one word to just bazooka it out of you. (laughs) Just cannonball it right out in one word instead of getting into that. Now, I would say that's probably like a 201 language thing, 301, 401, where you can both combine that internal meditation that you have been practicing with the spoken language. Again, I think that you need to be getting what's in your head out into this physical world, but sometimes if you can get to that center point quickly, or maybe use, you know, kind of like in that example, use some words, you know, use some rhythm to get your mind there, but then the actual doing of the spell, the execution, is one word, one very serious, pumped, energy-charged word, um, and maybe that would work for you really, in spellcraft and using language and things like that, it really is about what does it for you. What gets energy cue cocked and loaded and ready to go?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if I agree that just one word can be a spell.
0: Well, obviously, you've never been to Hogwarts.
1: I don't know. I, the only one that I can think of that's only one word is spelling a long enough word that it makes up for the fact that it's just one word. I don't know. I, I think that I mean, I guess I can see the potential for it becoming something that that you can do, but it, it, I don't know, in my opinion it would be incredibly advanced, probably because typically the things that you do spellcasting for are so elaborate that it would be very difficult to completely release specific energy about a given situation by using just one word. I mean, yes, in the case of trying to make a a ghost solid, okay, fine, solid would work. But, I mean, if you're trying to do healing work for your grandmother or you're trying to uh, create a sense of self-confidence in yourself because you have some big event going on or you're trying to get a promotion at work or you need money because your car has a flat tire or some... I mean, most of the things that generally you think of doing spellcasting for are very elaborate scenarios. It's not, it's not, oh, well, you know, I just want general healing. Usually there's a specific reason that you would be doing a healing spell.
0: Well, but I'm just, I'm just, just, but isn't the point, uh, I mean, okay, you're doing a spell for your, your sick grandmother. What are you wanting the spell to do?
1: To heal my sick grandmother.
0: Okay. I understand. So you're wanting to heal her. Yes, so couldn't I, you say yes, heal okay. her or heal you or heal Nana or whatever? I mean, it, like I said, it could be not, one or I'm two trying... or three words.
1: Well, okay, you you just made a five minute argument about making it one word. One or two. That's what I'm. That's what I'm arguing. Well, I, then
0: say I, heal few... over and o- or you know heal or better or.
1: I just think it would be very difficult
0: to. Oh, like it's it's yeah. it's not a one oh one or two oh one thing. I, I mean that that is a you are you have gotten your mind focused. You have cocked the gun internally, and one word is the bullet. It is it is the getting it out of you, and that is where if you can do that energy work, um, and this might possibly be another loophole around. Well, what do I do when I'm in a situation where I need to be quiet or I, you know, I need to be very subtle about my magic? Well, maybe that's something where you're sitting there and doing the internal work of focusing and focusing and focusing and just saying one word. I mean, it, it's, it's very different when perceived by other people um, if, if you go up to somebody and, and you sit there and spout off eight, eight lines of rhyming text versus one word. Or something that you say at them, and then, huh? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I mean,
1: No, to me, it sounds a bit like magical Tourette's, and that just kind of is odd to me. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, it does! <laughs> just randomly walk up to some. HEALS! <laughs> that would be very
0: odd, I'm sorry! <laughs> I just imagine some, like, super witch is just, just, like, twitches, and just everything she says happens. It's like. <laughs> It would, I'm
1: sorry. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I think that would be kind of odd.
0: I mean, Storm. I,
1: I suppose you could get to that point. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess I just don't really see the value in that. I would see more value in working on being able to keep your mind focused and doing something internally. Um, or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that would work for me.
0: Oh, God. Magical tarots. That's the title of this episode.
1: And I'm sorry it does it's kind of like When my friend and I used to go to the antique store We would get what we called antique Tourette's Where we would walk around the store Doorknob, vase, pitcher Women's <laughs> shade I mean it's just it's random words That don't have any meaning But I mean I suppose I suppose you could get to that point I don't I just I guess I don't really see Now it's okay
0: about- quick question it's Something that just came to mind
1: And I don't mean to be making fun of anybody Who has <laughs> I really, honestly don't.
0: It's can, okay, but okay, but can you make a word mean something else to you? Okay, when you say okay, when I say the word, I mean like you know a code word. I mean, and, and people do this. You know, you hypnotize someone, you know, and and then the hypnotist says, okay, when I say the word duck, you're going to begin to believe that you're a duck. Um, you know, they don't say hypnotize; they say duck. You know, they give you a verbal cue. Can you possibly? Do the same thing with yourself. I mean, you know, almost hypnotize yourself or trick yourself into saying, okay, when I say hello and I say it this one time to this one person, that is going to send off this curse to them or that is going to send off this healing energy or something and truly make it a very subtle thing. I mean, when I say, you know, or I am going to to create this very unique greeting that I do with this one person, hiya, and that's now, you know, a different word for you. Do you think you could do that?
1: I think you could, I think it would take a very long time, I think it would be, you would need to pick a word that you were not going to use in an everyday context, and I think ultimately you would be better served to come up with a different method of casting that particular spell. Because to get to the point where when you hear a specific word, you have an automatic conscious reaction in a specific way. Unless it's a word that you don't hear on a regular basis or don't use on a regular basis, it is going to be incredibly difficult to have a trigger word that then gets you into that mindset automatically. It would be very difficult.
0: This is terrible, but this entire time, I don't know why I brought this up, because now I'm thinking of safe words. (laughs)
1: Okay, go there. But my point is, it would sycamore. Be very- sycamore. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be very difficult to to do that. I, I, I think ultimately you would be better served coming up with with a different way of doing no, it. I I, I, I
0: agree. I, I was just saying, you know, ri- uh, rioters, witches, witches. <laughs>
1: witches. Please remember what show you're on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: doing lots of things um <laughs> listeners uh if you what are your thoughts on language what are your thoughts on using one word to get a spell out what are your thoughts on changing that one word from a word that has anything to do with your specific intent using a second language um some an example that i wanted to bring up um at the very beginning of the show and i forgot in this book that i never mentioned called eat pray love there's an example where uh, Elizabeth meets this Italian couple and this woman um, is her second language is English. Um, and one time, you know there's a, a vignette where uh, they're telling the story that one time she got so mad at her husband that she wrote curse words all over the wall in big black, Paint And she painted these curse words, you know, F you and you're a mother effer and you're all these horrible things. And she wrote it all, but she wrote it all in English. And the guy said, I don't take it seriously or no, I took it more seriously because um, English is her second language and she had to think more about it to do it. So I knew that she was actually mad. I knew she was mad because she said it in, in English, her second language. So it meant more to her. It meant more to her to to drive it home, to to get it to him, to to do that. Yeah. So that's kind of a flip side argument of maybe learning that second. Of course, she's obviously fluent in that second language, even though it does take yeah. a little bit more effort for her to get to it. But I can, I, it is kind of an argument to say, well, maybe doing that. It takes more effort, so it, it drives point, that point or that spell or that whatever home more.
1: Okay, but at the same time, I can match you pop culture reference for pop culture reference. You knew Ricky was pissed at Lucy when he started speaking Spanish. I mean, you know, it kind of, it depends on the scenario. It totally depends on the scenario. It's In my opinion, if you are comfortable using a second language, even if you are not fluent in it, that's perfectly okay.
0: True. True. And and to avoid arguing the whole second language thing all over again, I'll leave it there. <laughs> um, but speaking of not leaving things anywhere, very soon we're not going to be what? here. I don't know.
1: I have no idea what you just
0: said. Super moot.
1: <laughs> yes, I knew that was where you were going, but I have no idea how you got there. I
0: don't know either. I'm sorry. So ashamed. Usually I'm better at segues. Mercury retrograde. That
1: had nothing to
0: do with Mercury retrograde.
1: Speaking of something we were actually not talking about, let's move on!
0: Oh my god, we've got about a month.
1: Yes.
0: About a month. Let's yes. see. Today is the 14th. I will be in Salem in a month.
1: I will have been in Salem for two days in
0: let's a month. Let's see. I will be in i will be arriving in salem in one month i I will be on the road actually let's see it's almost seven o'clock here Here i will
1: really gonna go there do i i will have been in salem for 36 hours 24 minutes
0: no i will hopefully uh, around this time i'll be closing in on salem in a month hopefully i'll be getting there around this time that would be nice (laughs)
1: <laughs> you're gonna have to get up really damn early
0: yes i know i know so but uh, super Moot is very soon
1: yes it is and, and i'm every- very excited
0: and-, and i'm hoping that all of you little witches and brujas and rioters and all the other people out there are very <laughs> excited and i hope that you're coming
1: yes the- we, we all hope that you're coming. It's going to be so much fun.
0: It's going to be so much fun. Absolutely so much fun. Um, let's see. We do have a confirmed list of the podcasters attending. So if you yes. are a fan of this show or Velma's show or my show or any of these shows and you would like to meet the people behind the microphone, please come. Uh, they are Velma Nightshade. Woohoo! I'm so excited to meet Yay! her. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm going to throw a cream pie on her face. Um... Oh, you better not. <laughs> I'll lick it off, I promise. Uh, Firelight um, from Inside. Orias. Oh, Uriah. God, that
1: just makes it work.
0: I know, that's why I'm going to do it. Uh, Jillian from Iron Powaka Radio. I love Jillian. I had such a fun time with Jillian last year, and I cannot wait to see her again. Um, awesome. I am kind of fanboying out about Orias Sphinx. Mm-hmm. I hope that my brain can take conversation with her because she is very smart.
1: She is, she is very smart, and I look forward to watching the two of you talk to each other.
0: Oh no, and, I'm just going to sit there in awe, I'm sure. You no, know, and... I,
1: I really want to watch you two discuss something, and I want to see whose brain explodes first.
0: <laughs> I, it, it will be mine. I'm telling you right now, it will be mine. <laughs> um, Scarlet, who was at last year's uh, Super Moot, she is a return guest, along with Jillian. Um, Scarlet, from a Lakefront Pagan voice, is making the voyage out. Uh, yep. to see all of us uh, another new one this year Saturn Dark Hope Pennies in the Well our first Canadian
1: Woohoo! but not our last Canadian
0: no not our last Canadian uh, we do have our hosts or some of our hosts uh, Christian Day and Lori Bruno from Hex Education will be there
1: well obviously
0: yes whether <laughs> you love them or hate them they'll be there for you to meet
1: They will be there
0: please don't throw things on them um, and <laughs> Velma I know that you're excited about the next one.
1: I am! I'm so giddy! Oh my god! Who is it? Peter Patton coming!
0: <laughs> oh god. She.
1: I, you know, I cannot even... Like, seriously, honest to god, I emailed him the invitation. And I thought, there is no way, because he's, like, in California... And he's not—he's not gonna want to come because this is just a little podunk thing. We're all nobodies, and he's actually like written books and taught classes and like you know he—I mean, let's be honest. Of all of the podcasters, he's the biggest name. I mean, he really is. And I was like, this is not gonna happen. It, he's not gonna go. Like five minutes later, I get an email back from him. We're so excited, we can't wait to come. And I swear to God, I fangirl squeed. I really did. I went. Oh my God. It was really bad. And
0: now every time you text message me, that's going to be the sound my phone makes.
1: I'm very sorry for you, because that would be a really obnoxious sound.
0: (gasps) Oh, goodness. Uh, So, yes, Peter Patton is coming, and he's teaching a class, but we'll get to that in just a second. We'll we'll get to what we're doing and when we're doing it in just a second. Uh, Peter Patton, um, Sonoran Green, a new (laughs) podcaster this year. He just started his show um, early in 2011 from Pagan in Portland.
1: Very cool. Um,
0: Then there's this show I don't know that any of you have heard about. Uh, it's, a, it's a little show. They haven't been doing this very long. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of one of those things. Come meet them. You might, you know, make a new friend or whatever. Uh, these folks, Majo? Oh, stop it. Sparrow. Sparrow.
1: Sparrow from the Wigglyan way.
0: The Wigglyan nation that. is arriving in Massachusetts. Mojo and Sparrow are next Canadians. I think our uh-huh. our last Canadians as well. Yes.
1: They, yes, they are last Canadians.
0: Yes, but by no means are they the least. No. Um, Mojo and Sparrow, the Wigglyan. I'm I'm very excited. Yes, I'm very excited. As am I. I mean, year one was cool, but year one didn't have Mojo and Sparrow.
1: I am very excited for. Everybody who's coming. Everybody. I am
0: very excited for everybody who's coming. I am excited because we are getting both podcasters from this next show, New World Witchery. Mm-hmm. Cory of- came to the first one, and he is one of the best human beings on the planet. He
1: is the nicest person I have ever met.
0: He Thanks, really, I won't I'm- take that personally. Uh-huh. Um, but his co-hostess, Lane, is coming this year. You will not see her because she'll be under the invisibility cloak. Uh, of of no picture taking So you will not actually see what Lane well, looks like only,
1: The only way to see Lane Is to be there Because yes. she will not be in any of the pictures If you at all.
0: want to see what Lane looks like
1: mm-hmm.
0: Come to Supermoot Yes Which I know ev- all of you out there are like I wonder what Lane looks like
1: <laughs> It's one of the questions for the ages
0: it is. it is And I will tell you, you will be surprised Dun 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 I, I don't actually, know what Lane looks I like. Have, I have no idea what she looks I like. Did, I have not, no.
1: I, if I if I have to go pick her up at the airport, I'm going to request that she carries a sign because <laughs> I have no idea who she is. I'll
0: um, then another oldie but a goodie, Grey Wolf Moon Song uh, from A Pig in Heart in Maine, which probably all of you listen to and have forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is actually local to the Massachusetts area, so uh, he will be driving down. And then um, Hawthorne from The Spiral Dance will be there. So that is the list of podcasters. There's like 15 of them. Yep. There's a whole lot of podkin there. There's a whole lot of podkin love all around. Just a big, yep. like a hot tub full of it. It's just like <laughs> swimming. It's just all around you. There's podkin everywhere. That kind of sounds gross. Doesn't it, though? It's kind of disgusting. I'm a, I'm a little put off by how many podkin are there. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm no, elitist. I was
1: referring to the swimming in a sea of podkin. That, yes. that doesn't sound Pleasant.
0: Uh, so what are we doing, Velma?
1: What are we doing when?
0: Oh, I don't know. What are we been What have we been talking about? Oh, it's supermoot. Yes. Sorry,
1: I'm tired. It's. So I did long. the
0: podcasters. You get to do the itinerary.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. Well, Friday is is just
0: us. Yeah, and you don't, don't get to people, come to a that. Lot,
1: a lot of people are coming in on Thursday, and I think, fingers crossed, if we can make it work, some of us who are there on Thursday already. Maybe going up to see Dee at Pagan FM because she is only like half an hour, 45 minutes away from Salem, and she does her show on Thursday night. So I think some of us, if we come in on Thursday, yeah, may get to go and, and hang out with Dee at the radio station, which would be so much fun. Would be and nice. then Friday is Friday is just an us day um, where all the pod can get together and geek out over each other and squee a lot and, you know, be very excited. Um, and then on Friday, we are going to be at Omen. Saturday. Saturday. God, I told you, I'm tired. On Saturday, Saturday, we will be at Omen, which is one of Christian Day's shops right on Essex Street, the main drag in Salem, uh, for a meet and greet, which means you can come and meet us and greet us and all that good stuff and hang out with us and ask questions and pick our brains and have a good time with us from 11 to one at Omen and then we'll probably head out, grab some lunch with whoever wants to go with us. So, you know, huge entourage of people all descending on some poor restaurant in the middle of Salem. We haven't figured that out yet, but sorry uh, in
0: advance to whatever (laughs) restaurant you, you will get a very large group of, of very big headed podkin at that point that have just come out from the one time a year when they get to feel very famous. (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. But but if you are there, if you are there, you are absolutely invited to come with us for lunch, and that's totally fine. Um, and then in the
0: afternoon, from 3 to 6... And that was one of my favorite parts from last year, because there are people that drive a long way. I mean, there are people that we hear are coming from California. I mean, there are people that are coming from all around. I mean, people from Canada, people from all around North America coming to this thing. And... We're really—I mean, you know—it's—they're—they're it, they're not going to be there on Friday. That's going to be for us, and you know, the the whole Saturday morning. I mean, they're really only coming in to see. Uh, we're we're only there for a few hours, and so it was it was really a a great pleasure for me to see you know to see them get to see us and for us to get to see them, but for them to then come and and be with us at lunch, and you know, we took pictures and we talked well, and
1: well, and we went to a couple, I mean, we drove all the way across town last year. Yeah. To go to a couple other witchy shops in the Chicago area and we had, you know, listeners tagging along. They came right along with us, and that was so much fun. Like four or five cars. I'll try to keep up with you, who, by the way, you drive like a bat out of hell. And I'm very glad that I now have GPS because (laughs) I'm trying to keep up with you at ninety miles an hour driving down Wacker Drive in the middle of rush hour in the rain. Thank you. (laughs) Not doing that again. Ever. Lane, anyway. will, Lane
0: will be there this year, so I am told the weather will be under control. Or at least that is what Corey has led us to believe.
1: I hope so. And, of course, Salem, the the witchy areas of Salem, they're all walkable. So there will be no caravan of six cars driving all over. Aww. Every- yeah, no, you don't get to do that again. Sorry. Darn. Um, yeah, no. Um, but then, in the afternoon on Saturday, from is it 3 to 6, I believe. I
0: thought it was at 4. Four to six, somewhere I, 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 in the afternoon on that Saturday.
1: I need to I need to look it up because I need to have the exact right thing to say here. I don't want to I don't want to say the wrong.
0: Uh, three to six.
1: Three to six. See, that's what I thought. Yes. Um, Peter Patton is going to be doing a class at Omen. They have a classroom space in the back that is invocation and the art of ritual possession, which. I'm completely stoked about, not just because I think he's brilliant, but also because I think the subject is incredibly interesting. You can actually go ahead and get tickets for that. Space is limited. I don't, I, I have not seen the classroom at Omen, so I'm not sure exactly how many people it can hold, but I don't think it's a ton. At least so if,
0: 700.
1: No, I think it's more like 30 or 40. So if you want to get into that class. And
0: half of those are Podkin folks, so just <laughs> FYI.
1: I know. Speaking of which, have you bought your ticket yet? No. You better do it quick, or there won't be one left for you.
0: There will be, I promise. I will. I will go. I will get to go. Well,
1: I know that. I know you're gonna go. You need to go ahead and buy your ticket. That's I didn't realize say. that
0: Omen's phone number starts six six six.
1: It does, and yes. uh,
0: I bet uh, Christian loves that.
1: Well, and according to well, there's a. I mean, that's one of the phone number prefixes in that area. That's just how it is. I'm
0: just saying, just from what little I know of Christian Day, I bet he loves that.
1: Probably so. It's one of yeah. his favorite things. Although I don't think Hex's number does start with six six six, which is kind of too bad because it's more appropriate for Hex. But anyway, um, but yes, he's going to be doing this class, and it, to me, it sounds like it's going to be very very interesting. I will be there. Probably. I six, wonder
0: if there if this is going to be a class with examples because that would be cool.
1: I don't know. Like you if know, we're I,
0: actually going to watch somebody get possessed, that would be fun.
1: Somehow I I doubt it. I don't I know. I
0: am going to volunteer. Velma for the ritual possession.
1: No, no, I'm very, no. Mm -mm.
0: But I'm gonna pick like a gay male deity. Let's see. Hmm. Actually, hey witches, why don't you tweet me and we'll do hashtag Velma possession. So that hashtag (laughs) Velma possession, which deity you think should we um, invoke it or or evoke into Velma? Who should Velma get possessed by? Hashtag hashtag Velma possession. Let's yeah, start that.
1: No, I, I don't think I will. I will be a spoil sport about that. I am not. No, sorry.
0: We'll sit you down and we'll sit you down in the middle of the, of the hexagram with the, with the pentacle. No, the, I, I
1: don't, I don't volunteer for things. The like in, that. I, invoking
0: I triangles and the, the high no, ceremonial I, stuff.
1: No, I don't, I don't think so, but I will be there and I will probably be taking notes and I will be very, very interested in that. Um, and then Saturday night, we'll just you know after the class, we'll just sort of be hanging out in Salem until we decide we're going to either go back to the hotel. Or yeah, there's in-
0: there's no big plans for Saturday night, so again, it's just a day where you you <laughs> can tag along out. with us.
1: Yeah, we're just going to hang out, and then eventually we will go off and go to our secret hideout hideout, and uh, we'll <laughs> we'll probably end up being there until the stores all close, just because you know it's Salem, it's cool, it's a lot of fun. And then on Sunday, we're going to, or at least the plan is, we're going to go to Eastern Massachusetts Pagan Pride Day, which is about 20 to 30 minutes, I think, um, sort of northwest of Salem. It's in Bradley Palmer State Park. And I don't know yet because they have not updated their website yet. Of Because generally they have like little classes, workshop type things. They also have various entertainment. They have a bunch of vendors. They have, I mean, it appears to I be- I know of
0: one entertainer that we get to I
1: meet. I know, I'm so excited because one of the performers this year is going to be Kellyana. Yay! <laughs>
0: so excited. Oh my God, I'm, I'm telling you, because I'm such a fan, I will probably be doing a lot of this with my hands and and a lot yep. of <laughs> like hyperventilating and going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yep.
1: You'll be fanning yourself with
0: your jazz hands. I will be. I uh-huh. will be fanning yeah. myself with my jazz hands. I'll be doing a lot of this. Oh God, I'm so excited. I just get giddy just thinking about it. I'm very excited. It's going to be
1: so much fun. And we have no idea who else is going to be there. Or,
0: no, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> because they have not updated their website yet. And the event is a month away. And it's kind of driving me crazy. But, that but, but I did get an
0: email from Kellyana, And she is very excited to meet us all. She, she She's like, oh, I can't wait to meet you all. I'm such a fan, blah, blah, blah. And I was like... I mean, it's just kinda cool when somebody that you're a fan of it's like when you and I first started talking, it's really cool when somebody that you're a fan of is also a fan of you. Yes. That's so cool.
1: It's very cool. It is and very cool. It has totally worn off with the two of us.
0: Now, yeah. Hey <laughs> <laughs> Witch. Um
1: I, I'm just saying I am no longer giddy. Switch, cool.
0: um, no, uh, but I will say, if you want to meet All 15 podcasters do not wait until Sunday to to come meet us somewhere. I mean, obviously, you know, unless you absolutely have to. uh, There are a
1: couple of people who are not going to be able to go to that. There
0: are a couple of people that will not be there um, on Sunday. So if you want to meet everyone, be there on Saturday at, at Omen. Yes. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Corey won't be there. There are a couple of people going home that day. There are a couple of people that, that, you know, are just in for just kind of Saturday and that kind of thing. So stop in. Stop in on Saturday uh, from 11 to 1, definitely, especially if you're in the area and can only stop by for a little bit. Make Saturday the day you want to come.
1: And we should probably point out that the Saturday we're referring to is Saturday, September
0: 17th. Saturday, September 17th. Yes, that is the day. Saturday, September 17th and 18th are days where podcaster podcast listeners can meet the podcasters um the whole weekend is is something that you know we're all going to be around and maybe who knows there are people that are staying monday and and throughout so maybe around salem you'll see a few other people and you can say hi if you happen to know what they look like
1: i have no idea what anybody's doing i'm leaving monday morning so
0: (laughs) i'm I'm leaving either very late sunday night or early monday morning i know that i I have given myself monday to come back and, and relax so you know who knows but um, yeah, you so Sunday.
1: you have to stay Sunday night. You have to you have to stay around for breakfast on Monday morning because I know where you live and I will come and beat you on my way home.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. OK, so anyways, now that we're done with the empty threat portion of the <laughs> podcast, oh, please, I think that's a show.
1: I, I hope that's a show. I
0: hope that's a show because that's all the show you're getting from us.
1: Well, we've been talking for an hour and a half.
0: Yes. Um, so happy anniversary, witches. Yeah.
1: Thank Thanks you
0: for sticking around. with us for a year and making this this a worthwhile endeavor. And thank you so much for keeping those emails coming. Um, and thank you so much for letting us know that you listen to us and, th- and that you like us. So it's kind of nice. And I will personally say that I do enjoy the fact that I get emails sometimes that say, you know what? I used to hate you. And then I listened to your show with Velma. And now I don't hate you as much. So it's nice to know that you know it's changing people's perceptions, it's changing minds and lives, and we're really getting out there and doing the good work of changing my image. Which <laughs> yeah. is really what this is all about.
1: Yeah, because everything is all about you.
0: Well, no, it's all about the dad. Come it, wrong show again. Oh well. You're so pathetic. I know. I really am. It's bad. Yes. But. It really... You know, there's something even worse. We're gonna go now. Yes. Yeah, are. it's bad. Yeah. But at least we you might, got a show.
1: We might get another show out before Supermoot. We don't know for sure. We're Possibly. gonna try. But
0: if nothing else, there is the chance that we are gonna be in the same place at the same time before Supermoot, so there may be something eked out not, then, but probably not. not.
1: Probably, no, not probably not for long enough to record a show.
0: Probably. probably not. Unless we do it on my iPhone. <laughs> That would be interesting. We'll be like Brooke. taking on the go. <laughs> Witches yeah, on the I'm, go.
1: As I'm driving halfway across the country. Yes,
0: yes. We can do it over the phone.
1: No, I, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> With your Bluetooth well, we headset.
1: Will, but we will try to get another show out before Superfood. If not, come and see us. Have a wonderful time. We will have a wonderful time. And we will talk to you as soon as we can.
0: Yes. If you have any emails or any feedback whatsoever, you can email incitingabruhaha at gmail.com or hey, you finally
1: can... got it right.
0: Yes, yes, I did. Well, well I'm... I wrote it down, so good. <laughs> or you can tweet me if you want to tweet me, uh twitter.com/slash inciting a riot. That is follow at inciting a riot. Yep.
1: And I am the same thing only, which is Bruhaha.
0: Exactly. So, and that is all together. It is at same thing, only which is brouhaha. It's a long name, but it will get you to Velma. <laughs> Remember, just, hashtag Velma Possession. I, I want to see tweets. Hashtag was, Velma Possession. I was just
1: trying to avoid having to say, yes, I am twitter.com slash which is brouhaha. That is at which is brouhaha. Because that seems like a, a whole lot of extra words, but now I have to say them because after all, You've just tried to make me look like an idiot. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it.
0: (laughs) I love you, Velma Nightshade. Yeah, bite me. (laughs) Later, witches.
1: Bye.